Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jules Gill, Vending Mouth. <laughs> Is this my new nickname? Or are you talking about the amazing new reveal for the Kirby game? Yeah. Vending Mouth for the win. <laughs> Vending Mouth, Scissor Lift Mouth. I know I opened the main podcast this week with the same thing, but I just love Kirby that damn much. And I know you've actually seen the gameplay for it, where, uh, and not to harp on about it too much, but I just, I love the fact that in trying to think of a new game mechanic for Kirby, they were just like, what if he, what if he ate a car? What if he ate crazy, stupid, big stuff? Like I, Kirby to me will always be one of those fascinating characters where like um, the creator just believes that he is the hardest nut alive. He's like, <laughs> oh, there's nothing that Kirby can't do. He's the next like Captain Marvel. He's, he's just going to go around just smashing. Like, he, yeah, but only because you write him to be like that. We still know what he looks like. He's, it's just the the idea and the delivery package yeah. is so at odds with each other that I, I always just find it just mad. Because because it's Masahiro Sakurai who has gone on to obviously be more kind of kind of more associated with Smash Brothers, but still, yeah. um, it is that whole thing where you know, like like you said, like he thinks that Kirby is the most important, powerful individual in the world. <laughs> he's the only he's, person. He's who's... the bloody Poochie of the group. Well, he well no, Kirby's the best. What do you mean? But like no, he is the only character who survives the apocalypse at the start. Of Smash I know. Brothers I know. Come on, it's damn like... hard. But it's at like, the same time, on. that's the thing with this new reveal because they're like obviously the internet. I remember um, Polygon's uh, as a Brian David Gilbert tried to break down the law of Kirby, like the L-O-R-E, and also the L-A-W of, of Kirby, um, in as much as, you know, what can he, act, what actually happens when he eats something? Is it a black yeah. hole? Like, what is it? And all these, trying to find all these different interview snippets from Sakurai as to, like, what he, what is Kirby? Um, and now he's, like, swallowing cars, but he, it doesn't actually go away, and so there is a limit to what he can ingest. Well, like, that, there's, that's the interesting thing, is that it seems that if he eats enemies whole and he yes. kills them, he absorbs part of their powers, so that is fantastic it, for them. But it, Destroying when it comes to, lives, yeah. But when it comes to inorganic matter, it seems that he only has to get his gob like partway <laughs> over it to take over that thing. He's like which a is, snake. Which is terrifying, right? Because yeah. in theory, that means that if you went and just basically had a quick slurp on your, on your top of your head, right? <laughs> like like a, a like toad's cap, he uh-huh. could te- p- potentially possess your body. Like a and Metroid. Way, He's just yeah, sort of like, clipped on. Yeah, like that. He's a, literally, oh, mate, that's the plot twist. <laughs> when it comes down to it, it turns out that it's set like a million years after. Oh, uh, and Metroid, he's the original and he Metroid. The ultimate, you know, he's the ultimate form of the ex-parasite. <laughs> I would take that to be fair. The thing is, when he's um, noshing the car, I thought yeah, he was driving he's going, it. With his, he's going to town. I thought he was driving car. it with his tongue because I was like, "Well, you can get you get his tongue oh, in it's there." Going through the sunroof, yeah, just, just through the, the sides, like 
I can buy that. Like, if you're going to logistically tell me that Kirby can drive a car with his tongue, fine. I don't think he can operate a vending machine with it, and I don't think he can get this stuff, the scissor lift, but I can buy that he can drive a car with it. I, I think, do you know what? I think it's a very poor taste, actually, that they make him a vending machine and have him cough out soda cans in this day and age with, with all the <laughs> plagues that are going on in this world, mate. Come on, mate. Come on. It's true. Tone you're deaf, not wrong. Tone deaf. Overall, though, I should say that this is the Untitled Panda podcast, <laughs> as is very much apparent. I'm Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and this week we had the uh, one of the one of the best Nintendo directs there's been in a little while. Nintendo always seemed to know WTF they're doing, and they dropped yeah. a new Mario Strikers game alongside some Kirby oh, stuff. Right, right. Sorry, sorry. sorry. All sorts of how dare you just dismissively <laughs> say that? I was just, thinking oh, of you when I saw that. Yeah. We're just going to do a little Mario Strikers game. Yeah. Like, I could the amount of tables that I knocked over standing up after that is a ridiculous, man. Because I looked at that Nintendo Direct and as like a relatively new Switch owner, I was yes. a bit like, oh, you know, like oh, it's quite nice dipping my toe in here and there. But mm. I didn't expect Nintendo to just go straight up to me and plant a full-on smackaroo straight on my lips, leaving that little like snail trail of spit between them. And mm. he just takes my wallet out and just says, I'll be keeping this then. Because I'm just I wanted to buy everything that was on there. Advance um, Wars. Klonoa is I can't I, I I did a weird noise when I saw Klonoa. I've not that, that's as Obi Wan, that's not a name. I've heard in 20 years. I've not played that since the, what, 2002? Like, just a while ago. I'm just imagining you as old Ben Kenobi, just like, that's not a name <laughs> I've heard of in many a year. In 20 years. But it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, Klonoa. I mean, this is the year that that kangaroo's coming back as well. That is oh, Kai cow the kangaroo. Cow, cow the kangaroo. No, no one's playing it, so cow, cow the kangaroo. Crash, Bandic Crash Bandicoot ripoff. Yeah, but that's the thing. So, like, I mean, that, but that is also the thing is that I love that genre. Like, if they're going to bring all these games back and everything, then I'm going to be all over it. Klonoa, I remember being a big deal, but it was in like mm -hmm. 2002. It's sort of that's kind of in the same realm as like Gex, where it's like, ah, oh, it's cool. It, you know, it was of yeah, its, its time. It feels it's like a, like um, the WWE would call it a transitional champion, where basically mm. you've got like the big hitters that came before, like your Mario's and stuff, and then you've got like the crashes that came mm. after it. And in between them, there was a lot of like pretenders to the throne that were just mm. kind of like, oh, I will. We'll keep the seat warm for you until somebody else comes back like mm -hmm. gex is a fantastic shout by the way of a representation of that that's like the tomby is another one yet. tomby's um, massive shout blinks the time sweeper <laughs> voodoo vince you know <laughs> i never played blinks the time sweeper but they did add that to the xbox backwards compare and i was like i might finally play in 2022 oh. blinks the time who needs seafood <laughs> when you've got blinks the time sweeper i, I give the first one a pass if they put the sequel on there that one's all right actually. okay okay I, at some point i'll catch up voodoo vince i've not touched either but i know that's a big deal it's a uh, there's many legacy characters, but like, like I, anyway, overall, let me bring this back on track. This is the Untitled Battle Podcast, where we ask people what they'd like us to talk about and all sorts of different questions, all sorts of different talking points and thoughts and whatever gets sent our way. Now for the main podcast this week, the one that me and Ben Roy and Josh do, and we did that on Grand Theft Auto 6. So we asked people for their questions and thoughts on that as well. So go check out that podcast to, um, to hear me, Josh and Ben Roy break down way more of the questions that came in. But I think some people thought that it was for this podcast because we usually ask for questions, um, which yes. is totally fair. So I brought some across to this um, this podcast as well. Overall, though, um, we got such a massive response last week that I wanted to carry some stuff over. So we've got a nice menagerie of all sorts of different things from last week and then, you know, whatever else will shake out in good time. So first question from Zach, who says, what do you think is the worst game mechanic and why is it if the main character of an RPG dies, it's an automatic team wipe? Tried oh, to get into I... Final Fantasy IX, <sighs> but when I had to turn back to my last save and Zidane went down, it immediately turned me off the whole game. I mean, th this is why I haven't finished Persona 4 yet, because <laughs> my main lad can't stand up. 
Zach, baby, speak to me because that is, <laughs> that is right where I live right there. I, I absolutely detest it because it's like, oh no, the spiky-haired antagonist is down. Therefore, we cannot possibly carry on without them. Can't revive like, them. Especially yeah. when it's like you are the, like your teammates. You've been controlling them through the turn-based combat mm. system as well. You're just like, come on, man. Like, Who cares? Well, he's just taking a wee nappy. He's fine. Yeah, and it's like, obviously loads of those games have revive mechanics. Like, I mean, it's like mm. we're not reviving the rest of the party all the time. Dragon Quest has that too. Dragon Quest 12 still has that thing where if your main dude goes down you're just completely knackered and um, but persona it stands out more in persona to me i tell you what my least favorite mechanic was one that an entire game was built around and that's mm. the parkour system from blink brink yeah yeah because uh -huh. basically um uh it's the entire like level design was designed around using parkour to get mm. the, like the edge on your enemy by going above them or like sliding around or like using the walls to jump off and stuff like that mm -hmm. and it was all great on paper apart from somebody didn't actually tell you that you could only use the parkour like free running abilities mm. with certain classes meaning that <laughs> if you were playing it it's like a heavy or a shooter or a sniper or anything like that then mm -hmm. you were locked out of half of the game's best mechanic so right. i feel like any game that doesn't implement its mechanic that it is selling using it as a selling yes. point properly is a big no-no for me. I'm trying to think of like, because overall, like my thing, my pet peeve with with all games is checkpoints. Uh, it's just if there's ever, oh, ever man. anything, I just did have these things suck on checkpoints as right, well. Right? Yeah, man. and like, it's uh... just, I just, I, yeah. I was going to say like, it's, you know, you play something like Sifu, The way that game's death mechanic works is that you're you are going to be going through a game over and over and over again. Yeah. But I think it's that thing where if you go back, it, it feels for me, it feels like just losing time. Like if something persists, it's fine. <laughs> but it's like you can argue it's part of the overall game. Yeah. But I'm yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. If I've just lost parts of my life that I'm just like, what am I doing? And I'll, that's the thing that makes me bounce off a game fastest. If I'm going back 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever. I don't know if I ever told this story on here. I think I did. Um, but Max Payne 2, when that game first came out, I okay. did about three quarters of that game and then I died and I had to go right back to the very beginning because that game yeah. doesn't have any auto saves at yeah. all. Yeah, it's Horrible. rough, isn't it? Well, yeah. it's like um, uh, Dead Rising, if you ever played that, where it's yeah, like, yeah. because obviously you're like trying to save all the survivors, you're trying to go around the mall and you've got mm -hmm. to do it within certain time things. And the only way you can save that game is by going to the uh, to the restroom it's like yes. it is a nightmare when you get to a difficult point or you're trying to do an all survivors like survive run and it's just like <laughs> one guy dies it's like oh cool let me just check my watch here oh it's literally 50 minutes since my last save so guess <laughs> i'm going away really the thing that, that that sort of stuff reminds me of like when i was uh, living at home and you've got like your teas ready your food's ready and you're just trying to do that you're trying to walk away from the screen but you're <laughs> yeah. trying, you need to save which is one of the best things about modern gaming is that you can nearly always just put something to sleep and it'll be fine yeah. and pick it up later. But um, yeah, those days where you just need to save and in Dead Rising's case, it's it's a rigmarole to be able to actually bank something. One of the uh, checkpoint things that I mentioned under these things, so, which you should definitely check out, by yes. the way, on the What Culture Gaming YouTube channel, um, is the uh, World at War when you're playing on veteran difficulty and mm. all of the AI just spamming grenades. So you could actually get a checkpoint that literally loads you in just when a grenade has landed your feet <laughs> and it will keep doing it if you're really unlucky. I remember Resident Evil 4 having that, uh, the original one on the GameCube. I think they tweaked it as it went on, but it was like every time you opened a door in, in the original RE4, it would save. So if you oh, were open a rough. door so if you're and into there's something someone bad. with a pitchforks right there, it's like you just load and get <laughs> Get stabbed, load and get stabbed over and over again. Um, next question from Liam Guest. Now, last week, uh, maybe it was the week before, I brought a lot of questions in. Um, I asked people for their predictions for the rest of the year or for the generation overall, because, um, you know, the new console cycle is kicking yes. in. Yes, and, yes, um, yes, yes, so yes. this is an overall prediction from Liam Guest, who says, prediction for the future, Peter Molyneux launches Molly View, a new form of streaming, <laughs> gaming, and digital media direct into your brain. Your every waking move <laughs> in an action in-game. You can even be the MC of any movie or show. What do you, what do you think Peter Molyneux is going to do next? We know he's doing NFT 
farming game thing. Oh man, he's he's doing whatever he's wherever good money's <laughs> to be found. If the, if somebody told him that fracking was coming back in style, he'd be right down there. Little like hard hat on, he'd be down there. Um, Molly view. Uh, Molly, right, I'm not gonna lie, that has popped me huge. <laughs> Molly View has just oh it's good time. Peter Molly so, View. But the problem is is that if it was made by Peter Molyneux, um mm, it would Lord never come rest, out for Lord rest his bones. Um <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't work at right. all. So it would basically be like it would sell you on the idea of like um what's that what is that film where uh, everyone becomes oh it's, it's becoming john malkovich okay. where it's like that thing of where they inhabit the body you wouldn't actually inhabit peter molyneux real body for a bit right. and it's just him like doing paperwork signing shady deals oh you like, know basically doing snake oil sales and stuff he like could maybe redeem his entire being if he made peter molyneux simulator where you just yeah, have to come up with the most right. bs idea over and over again he's literally just got to meme himself at this yeah. point like if he owns the meme then he will literally just make millions <laughs> he'll be the new uh what's that uh, papa john like like well, I, I mean, made, with less racism, hopefully. I was going to say, yeah, with less problematic <laughs> and, uh, intent. But I think that in this, for this, in the sake of this guy, Peter Molyneux feels like someone who we are very synonymous with. Or you know, we, we grew up with a lot of his lies. A lot of people associate him with Fable and everything else. But he's been largely off the radar. It's just that he popped back up again when the NFT conversation happened because he's making like seven figures on this NFT thing. But I don't think it's real money. I think he's making like Ethereum or something like that. Yeah, no, no, I don't it's, know. It's, my it's NFTs, all, it's all in this thing. Like he's waiting yeah. until the uh, he can you can sell your properties and stuff like that you can mm. create it in this fake currency that he's got but then as soon as it goes live that currency will enter into some sort of crypto mm -hmm. currency stock market and then potentially be worth something but at the moment it's all theoretical yeah like, I, think I, it's all... I could right now just say that you and i scott have a micro economy uh of ourselves and i'm <laughs> yeah, trading yeah. in scott scott bucks i almost said scott butts which Let's, maybe should be the currency the same amount. yeah I yeah exactly the... and they just do a little fart in your mouth but they're still <laughs> worth a million real life pounds according to the uh, currency exchange as long as you have it's fun. It's it's <laughs> fine. But I think yeah, this thing Peter Molyneux for me just for, for both of us I think just it just epitomizes the, the grift, getting in there, yeah. making making the most out of something, um, and cashing out. So yeah, I mean I don't I don't know Peter Molyneux for the rest of this generation. I I live in fear for what that man's going to come up with next. <laughs> um, so next question um, is one that I brought across from the initial batch of Grand Theft Auto questions because GTA 6 got confirmed as being officially in development this week. Oh yes, of course. Um, but obviously we knew about that for the last couple of years anyway. But um, you know then Rockstar saying that it's happening officially got a lot of people freaking out and rockstar's stock price skyrocketed or something so i don't know who didn't know that this was coming to be honest but yeah like, a bit weird you know, that is now but it does well anyway um question from tom who says what's up egg daddy and talky boy i'm sad to say that i think the next gta will end up being way more of an online service game and way less of a single player experience i think the money online made the, the money that gta online has made them has made it impossible for rockstar to not go in that direction thoughts um so i agree with you long term but short term mm. i disagree because i believe that uh, rockstar uses the money created by these projects in order to fuel these ridiculous epic odysseys uh, that are so. single player folks experiences i mean the huge rampant success of gta 5 effectively allowed us a gateway into red dead redemption 2's outstanding story now yes there were some very problematic uh, studio development crunch times and stuff mm. they had to work around but the story that came out of it was utterly breathtaking mm -hmm. and it would have been allowed to be so if they didn't have a constant supply of revenue allowing that game to be propped up so i feel that going forward gta 6 will have probably an impeccable really well thought out 
hopefully, mm. fingers crossed, they'll actually uh, take on board the multiple character perspective thing and maybe turn it into a co-op game uh, uh, campaign, which could be amazing. Uh-huh. They will probably allow that and that'll be amazing, but then it will definitely shift into the online portion, which is mm. the, where the money is going to be made. And we probably won't see a, a single player DLC because we haven't seen a single player te- DLC technically yeah, in GTA 5. Thing, yeah. We have, yeah, they're kind of with Dr. Dre and stuff like mm. that. Like, but you still had to have online to do it. So it doesn't really count. So I'd say the uh, days yeah. of single player DLC are over. Yeah, I think the thing that I'm super curious about is just what I mean, I said this in the other podcast too, but I'm super curious what a GTA is without Dan Hauser. Like the reason that you yeah. had Red Redemption 2 being so opulent and creatively focused was entirely, or I like to think entirely because of him. Like he's been the spearhead of that stuff for over 20 years, like entire Rockstar history. And now he's left the former zone studio. So this will be the first mainline GTA without him. And I kind of wonder whether that does mean they give in to the more money hungry stuff that the take to the publisher stuff, or whether, you know, he's trained enough people or enough people have been around him in the different story groups over the years to be able to do a Grand Theft Auto that still feels like a Grand Theft Auto. And, um, and yeah, just how that stuff sort of shakes out. But mm-hmm. um, that's a really good point, though. They need one of them funds the other. And they like, it's almost you could argue people wouldn't care about GTA Online um, releasing in 2013 if it didn't have the previous decade plus of positive yeah. stories, immersion, everything else beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's curious. I think um, I think GTA Online will be the thing that outlasts us all, and I think that's the thing that will ultimately become what GTA is, quote unquote. Um, I, but I'm, I still th- I still hope we get a decent single player thing at some. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot; we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. 
For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Point. The only thing that I do worry about is that mm. we might end up with uh, maybe GTA as a live service style thing yes. where you know how um, Street Fighter V dropped without a story mode. Mm -hmm. It was literally just a, the bare bones, this is the fighting game mm -hmm. engine and you can have a few characters to play around with. Mm -hmm. I worry that GTA 6 is going to take a similar uh, opportunity and maybe, and I really hope this isn't going to be the case, piecemeal out there single player story mode so right. that it is like, oh, play through the first chapter and then I the second honestly... chapter will come out after a huge amount of uh, online play, and it won't it won't have a natural conclusion. You'll be mm. basically playing through a singular story player. Well, that's the thing. Experience. That Strauss uh, Zelnick, who's the um, the the, uh, the publisher take two, Strauss Zelnick, cited the contract as a, a thing to look at in terms of how they want to do this stuff going mm -hmm. forward. So I wonder if they do something like the contract every few months or something like that, and they they do literally end up doing what is quote unquote a single player or immersive story told over months and months because it also yeah. has the, the online component. But very weird. We'll see how that stuff comes together. Next question from Megan Roxborough, who says, using these two examples, which games do you erase from your memory? One, so you can experience it again for the first time, and two, you wish you'd never played it. Oh, that is a really tough question. Like, mm. which game have I absolutely been in love with? I mean, I guess it's which I've one, had... Yeah, which one would you want to, like, reintroduce to your brain again? I had probably <laughs> I had I had one of the best times playing video games in recent memory playing through God of War 2018. I was just going to say recently, God of War. Well, um, I recently got to go and experience it again secondhand mm. because my friend Kai he's just gone through and he's played uh, from start to finish and he's nice. he's really done well in trying to avoid the spoilers. I think he knew the gist of what the story was, mm. but he'd basically been living under a rock for all the last the like, couple of years. Just not in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like he managed to avoid all of that. And mm -hmm. then was texting me, just being like, oh my God, this bit. Oh man, I can't believe right. this just happened. Oh, I'm here. Like, blah, blah, blah. does it get weirder here? And I'm like, oh, that's man. the nearest like, thing. This you is get. lovely to yeah. like experience this again. I love so, that energy. Like, that's the nearest thing you can get to actually being able to re experience something is that the whole vicarious thing of someone else going through it again. Um, yeah, I would, I would actually probably would say God of War again because I think mm -hmm. I would love to re-experience it the way that I did in 2018 where it was like, not zero expectations, it was still God of War, but the state the IP was in, like God of War Ascension was pretty terrible, it was very much forgettable. Um, even the original trilogy, I thought God of War 3 was pretty bad in terms of just being, he's just a giant rage emoji, emoji just killing everything left, right, and center. I had no... <laughs> like for Kratos left. Yeah. And then 2018's one was like, oh my God, you've matured the character, you've recontextualized mm -hmm. everything. Um, and it's just so well done. It's so maturely done. And um, we can both say God of War for the experience again for the first time. What would, would you- either, 
Either be that or maybe the uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead season one, Ooh. because I really loved that experience. Ooh, I actually, had a really good time with that. I'll switch mine too. I'll go with oh, Breath okay. of the Wild. <laughs> I'll go with the, the first time I went through Breath of the Wild, because that was just just drinking that game. And it was very much tied with getting the Switch for the first time. But I think going through that thing for the first time was just just felt so just peaceful yeah. and tranquil and rewarding and gorgeous. Um, something that you wish you'd never played that you would get get rid of. Oh, there are many games that I wish I'd never <laughs> played. Uh, it's actually quite hard to pin down which one mm. in particular would get my laser-focused ire. Um, I would get rid of Anthem so that I never have to think what Bioware became. Oh, that's a deep Possibly. cut, that is. Or Mass Effect uh, Andromeda. I don't, I don't know, actually. Mm. Mass Effect Andromeda was really bad. I know that you like the combat. I, I, I like, yeah, hated the everything. I probably would actually try and erase that. <laughs> You or wish you never maybe, touched Mass Effect Andromeda. To be fair, maybe, it's not uh, that much. Uh, maybe one of the Call of Duty games. I remember having a really bad time with Ghost one of them. Is just bad. Like, yeah, maybe it was Ghost on the That was the, the first 2013 one. I think oh, the, the dog, just, yeah. They did all the yeah. dog mocap. That was for Ghosts. I think I was basically just not like, nah, nah, this is where I'm tapping out <laughs> the series for a long old while. It's going to take me like, a lot to get back into it. Yeah, that's where it feels like they're at right now. Like Black Ops Cold War was kind of meh, and then Vanguard was kind of meh. And it's just like, Modern Warfare 2 is going to be getting announced this afternoon. So I guess maybe when this goes live, it'll be a thing. But um, they're, that's apparently about to be mentioned. Um, but yeah, like, like Jill said, we've played a lot of bad games. There's not that much that's recently gone, what the hell am I doing? Maybe The Avengers. Um, I would just wipe oh, out yeah. of my life. But yeah. um, next question from you done messed up Aaron, who says, <laughs> <laughs> with all the talks of remakes, remasters, and retro reimaginings, why haven't we seen a new Twisted Metal? Seems like it could be easily done with lots of new modes like Rocket League. Thoughts? Well, this is coming. Um, I don't know if he's dude hasn't seen, but they're doing it. Well, they're doing a Twisted Metal TV show. So the assumption is that they'll do a they'll Twisted probably Metal have a game video game alongside. Also, yeah, because yeah. um, I don't know about you, but I've not played Twisted Metal since I was a kid. But I used to love Twisted Metal too. Uh, is it was the last one I played Twisted Metal Black? Black maybe? was the PS3 one. I That's believe. the one I I played, and right, then okay. for some reason I just remember it being overshadowed because I, for some reason after playing that, got really into the whole sort of vehicular combat mm. arena style thing and got Vigilante, Vigilante Eight, <laughs> and then I got the uh, WWF. Um, oh crush hour yeah and then i was like mate crush hour is banging like it's so fun i don't like my general thoughts on vehicular combat is that there's nowhere near enough of it that was why i yeah. dove into destruction all-stars that game's terrible but i love the idea of you know vehicle and character combo brilliant. yeah exactly and it's like if you did a twist new twisted metal with like wreckfests physics or something mm -hmm. and make it about you know car defamation models and just sideswiping dudes and explosions and stuff that could be really, really cool. I think that it's been a long time since there's been a really good vehicular combat game. Like, I mean, you yeah. could literally go back to what, 1990? I want to say it's either well, 1994 or 1996 uh -huh. and then do Destruction Derby in the bowl. That one moment oh, you just got to do, do, just survive. <laughs> All you got to do is just survive. That was the best time genuinely, ever as a kid. Absolutely, genuinely, that's what Wreckfest is. Like like oh, playing Wreckfest now gave yeah or genuinely like like one to one I was like oh this is what I've been waiting for for like twenty years Wreckfest is so good um in that regard it's brilliant um, next question from Nard Dog who says hey lads what do you think will be a new revolutionary game mechanic that comes into gaming do you think we'll have something to do with a set of controls for a new genre of games or do you think it'll have to do with system capabilities and how it affects the way games are made it's so hard to try and pinpoint where gaming's going after mm. what we've seen. I mean, the fact that Sony are doubling down on the VR technology hopefully means that we'll be seeing more and more immersive titles that really do capture mm. um, your sort of every single motion. But I, I really liked an idea that they scrapped from, I believe it was from Resident, not Resident Evil, from 
Alien Isolation, okay. where the game was meant to read your heartbeat, or they had a heartbeat monitor. And like, that, if yeah. it ra- raises too high, then the xenomorph will find you quicker because <laughs> of the fact that it's like hunting you down. What about I made the game this wrong, by the way. Just... If, it's, if it's a different game, then please let me know about this. Because um... what about for those of us who are just really unfit? Like, it'll just I'll start <laughs> the game and it'll be like, it's oh, he's freaking out. It's right behind. No, I'm just I'm just my resting heart rate. But I just think that with the biometric scanner stuff that you've got with uh, the inside the new uh, shock mm. controller, maybe mm. they could work that into, into something. Cool. I think for me, um, I want like studios, I want game devs to double down on the SSD stuff. I know that's more specific mm. to PS5, mm. but it's not that the Series X doesn't have a version of an SSD as well. It's just that it's celebrated more on the PlayStation side. But loads of game devs are already talking about how removing loading altogether frees up all sorts of level design yeah. and things like that. And obviously Ratchet and Clank was a, a, a nice early example of that, where you you know, like you have a gun that can fire entire parts of the environment at people, like big chunks yeah. of stuff, because it can load it all instantly. And I want that stuff. I, every time now when I play a game where you've got to, you know, sidle through something. Yeah, or, or God of War it. has that, a lot of that, doesn't yeah. it? Like going through those little loading sections of like, oh, I must go under a cave now. It's like, well, yeah. I'll accept it a few times. Every single time you do it, you're just like, I just am aware that this is a loading screen. That's the thing. And it's like, I want to be able to do more, you know, maybe a character goes from indoors to outdoors straight away. Everything is nice and smooth and seamless. I, I need the creative, I need the devs to think of ways to maximize non-loading but i feel like that's going to be the thing where we we look at these new versions and we'll go oh my god we have to put up with screens before this or whatever it is and um, i also think vr um, will be a big deal um yeah. i just i wonder if vr can actually escape its gimmicky kind of feel but good vr is brilliant so i i wonder if that can be done better like maybe you can aim two places at once or something yeah. like that um, I would look forward to stuff like that. Next question from Hugo Brandao, who says, good afternoon from Portugal. Well, good afternoon yourself. Hello, mate. Do you guys think that in a parallel universe where Sony bought Activision, the games will be exclusive and all be on PlayStation now? Would all the exclusivity conversations happen at all? Best regards, keep up the good work. Oh, yeah, I guess a good you question, trust Sony <laughs> more than Microsoft. And for, for me, I remember thinking this when the deal went down, um, the idea that if Sony had snapped this up, I would personally be more worried. I think that Sony have a history of being very hubristic and very, um, you know, they pay for so many exclusivity deals anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're always paying for all sorts of DLC stuff. So I think they would put the walls up immediately and be like, no, you come to us. We are yeah, not PlayStation. 100%. We own everything. Yeah, that, yes, I would be. I would think that that would be worse. Well, they don't have like a streaming service in the same vein as Game Pass. So they've got no, no reason to, big, like yeah. you say, have the long-term goal of getting Game Pass itself on other consoles and mm-hmm. other mediums in order to uh, market games that way. For Sony, it's just kind of like, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, we are <laughs> keeping all of the best stuff here because they would see it basically as if you're converted to a PlayStation, that you may remain a Sony PlayStation fan for mm. your entire life and just buy out of, uh, well, honoring the brand, I guess. I do wonder as well, because obviously there's all the conversations... Uh, some of them coming from Phil Spencer, just saying that look, we we want competition. We, we we like he was the one saying that he says that PlayStation is an important part of the industry. You know, he's mm-hmm. always sticking up for E3 being there and stuff like that. So I wonder if you gave all this power to Sony, if they would just do a big cackling laugh and then push everyone else <laughs> out the way and be like, we are gaming now, and like you have to come to us. Whereas like there's a oh, there's a human side to Phil Spencer. There seems to be at the minute anyway. Um, that is just he likes the fact that it's a gaming industry. It's not a yeah. gaming monopoly. So I kind of. Yeah, but I just. But I it's easy. It's Sony easy to say how uh, confident you are in your competitors <laughs> when you are the one buying all of these massive <laughs> companies. Yeah, like it's very easy to be the victor, saying, mm. "Oh yes, you tried very hard there." And I we should give credit be, to the second place. Like, that's the thing. It's going to be so interesting going forward. How they are literally holding all the cards, and it's if if something doesn't go their way, they just go, "Well, we'll take Call of Duty off you then for a bit until you yeah. play ball again." Right, you can yeah. have it back, but you've got to do what we say. And um, it's just like, stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. I'm kind of. Well, some, somebody you know, pointed out uh, something interesting which was like uh what's to stop um microsoft 
demanding that the titles they give to other platforms aren't charged at a higher rate nothing like like there's literally nothing for them. like we we accept now that games are like i mean games were like 40 quid then they came to 70 quid mm-hmm. now and that's like what we're apparently expected and prepared to pay mm-hmm. what's to stop microsoft just going like look you can have uh call of duty on uh there but you're gonna have to pay us a tax and you're yes. gonna put that tax probably forward onto the player and now mm-hmm. suddenly that's a 75 quid game that's an 80 quid game you're making it more expensive and i'm mm-hmm. actually therefore drawing more people towards me even where we don't have exclusivity i'm offering a well, more of value for my brand yeah that's the next wrinkle of the conversation around exclusivity because like for me i just just personally i don't trust that they won't make it exclusive in the long run i know that they're out mm. there saying that they said that again this week i just don't believe them big old long <laughs> nose from phil spencer um because i just think they've spent so much money that they'll have to do something with it but that's a really yeah. good point that you said and um, i wonder if pri- not price gouging but i wonder if they just leave it full price on the other platforms they talked about bringing it to switch um this week as well so call of duty on switch obviously nintendo is going to want a big cut of that they love a good full yeah. price game so oh, whatever <laughs> I know it's sell five quid off. <laughs> it's like seventy percent off games from ten years ago that no one's too bothered about. But yeah, I think that um, that's the next wrinkle of that stuff, and they'll keep it full price on the other platforms, and then they'll probably advertise within those versions. Like, hey, by the way, it's on Game Pass, and you'd get it as part mm-hmm. of your monthly subscription, mm-hmm. and push people, you know, that way. Um, so I guess yeah, we'll see how stuff um, shakes out in time. Next question from Andy Taylor. Hey guys, I love the podcast, and how I hope you're both doing well. Which game out of Elden Ring and Horizon are you both looking forward to the most? Can't wait for <laughs> these games and i was going to read out the emoji description grinning face with smiling eyes <laughs> well i'm making a grinning face with smiling eyes because Gosh. of the fact that i am an elden ring fanboy already mm. i know that i'm going to get it like i'm looking forward to it the most because a i don't have a playstation 5 so i can't really look forward to a horizon <laughs> zero dawn but at mm-hmm. the same time i've been waiting a long time for elden ring and i'm super mm. super hyped about it I'm very curious on, because I'm playing through Sifu at the minute, and I don't know if I have the stomach for another entry in the abuse genre, because I'm, <laughs> I'm just, it's starting to become a thing. Like, Sekiro almost took it out of me. Returnal yeah. almost made me just crawl up into a ball, and I got through those games eventually. Sifu is now currently being the thing that I'm like, <clears throat> oh my god, can I ever actually get through this? I'm about to get it. Like, today I'm you really, going really to get should. it. Like... The thing is, it's so recommendable, it's brilliant. I love that game so much, but oh my god, does it make me into a fine paste. Like, there's the boss battle <laughs> are ridiculous um, and there's a lot of learning to do in that game before you're going to be any, like to tutorials or anything like that to begin yeah there with, is yeah, to, yeah. To just chuck you straight in the deep end like, no, go it's for actually it. really good about that stuff because um there's a really the opening sequence is brilliant the tutorial is great you can also go into an ai sparring thing and just spar for as long ah, as you want that's quite um, cool which is nice you can tell the ai to be uh, passive and let you practice moves or just just fight you forever and just learn yeah. that way um so no they, they they do give you enough chances to learn everything unlike what i imagine will happen in elden ring where i think we'll probably just get flattened <laughs> by a dragon and then you'll oh, you'll open the door the loading screen will happen, which is obviously a pet peeve, <laughs> and then all of a sudden there'll be a little villager from Resident Evil 4 on the other side of the pitch. Yeah, ever like, since yeah. Ben Roy pointed that out, he was like, I hate how many men with sticks there are these days. And ever since he said that, he's so right. There are always dudes with sticks coming at you in nearly every challenging game. You're going to try and find a way to get around the sticks. Um, but yeah, for me, I'm curious. I've, uh, I can all, all, The only thing I can say about Horizon is that I've received the code for it. Um, I can't okay. say anything else. Um, but overall, I am looking forward to seeing how the story shakes out in that, because I loved Zero Dawn. Um, and I think that that's just one of the best IPs Sony have. So I'm curious how the rest of that stuff goes. Yeah. Elden Ring, I'm just, I'm more just curious about. Like I said, I don't, I genuinely don't know if I have it in me um, to get through that game. I want to, but I just feel like it's going to, it's going to do a Sekiro and I'm going to hate it. 
I'm do, I'm going mad, man. I'm doing it on stream as well. <laughs> oh, so, I actually, so I have to deal with my emotions in front of other people because right. I'm just going to be like, oh. that's my thing. I, I could never stream a game like that because I would get too, I'd be punching the legs. I'd be getting too annoyed. I just wouldn't be able to do it. Or I'd get stuck Wait, somewhere and everyone's watching me get stuck. Team racing. Exactly, crash team racing. I'm never, I'm never. And I, I maintain to this day that I, I didn't let you win that first race. But I definitely, no, I definitely hung back being like, oh, well, he's not going to go all out, is he? It's the first race. And then Jules beat me on the first thing and just i don't, I don't even I know, did, that's did, you know what, do you know what, though, um side for that yes. I, I i do hate the fact that people came in to roast you for it when it was totally unnecessary <laughs> because of the fact that you then proceeded to mop the floor with me for like the next oh. 20 races it didn't matter though, did it because one race i got one race under my belt one very nice little race they made me a fake trophy as well i had to oh i just swear at them to get them to leave the room it was uh i'm glad that was years ago to be honest but oh. it's uh it was a, I it miss was a those days time. of being able to stream in the same room as you. I know, I really back do. in the I day. We'll figure out some way to uh, to bring us together. Probably not for Elden Ring, though, because that game's going to be a game of hate. I yeah, believe, yeah. At least as far as I'm concerned. Um, a final question from AJ, who says, UBP, UBP, UBP. UBP. Hope you're both doing well. What's some of your favorite Capcom games? I personally love Resident Evil Revelations 2, and I've been playing Lost Planet 3. What a callback to nice. Lost Planet. Now, Resident Evil Revelations 2 was I actually... Really it was uh it was not bad actually mm -hmm. uh there is uh you can, well, you can harp on it i mean i like the fact that it was it reminded me of like a saw like a jigsaw setup where yeah, you've got yeah, the, yeah. the island full of traps and you've got the guy in your earpiece and i thought that was cool well you get um obviously to play as big barry burton which is always fun um <laughs> but you do have <laughs> to put up with the uh, the fact that the ending of the game kind of puts i'm not going to ruin it because obviously mm. if they're listening to this and they haven't got I never to the end it, there's an ending bit where it actually betrays one of the characters like yeah. core tenants and you're just like okay that's a okay. weird way to end it but uh -huh. at least it's better than resident evil 6 that's always good <laughs> um best capcom games out there uh <laughs> i am a huge fan of i want to say okami is, is uh Shout and god hand obviously it's just it's just has not aged well in terms mm. of the stuff that some of its content but man is that game fun i wish there was that just more stuff going on like that that would be a one for the earlier question we had about a race. Imagine discovering God Hand again. Like that yeah. was a hell of a like a rush. <laughs> it was a wild. It was very like two thousand five, but like at the same time, like just how fast that game is. The punch flurry, kicking a dude yep. into the sun. Um, that's pretty good for me. Capcom's just Devil May Cry. I love DMC so much. Mm -hmm. I thought DMC mm -hmm. Five was stellar. I was good. I didn't get nominated for Game of the Year. I feel like it should be talked about a lot more than it is. Um, I would just encourage anybody listening who likes action games to go play Devil May Cry Five. It's flawless. Should check out uh, Onimusha as well. Uh, yes. For those of, uh, for people who ha have a sort of itch to scratch that the mm. Resident Evil games just haven't maybe done in the last mm -hmm. couple of years, go back to Onimusha 1, 2, 3 is an undersung masterpiece. I oh absolutely love 3 because of the time traveling aspect. That's yeah. in it. it is tip top in the chip shop, mate. I love it. <laughs> Plus, like Jean Reno's in it. And mm -hmm. I forget the name of the dude uh, that plays Samanosuke. But anyway, in, uh, they never did an Onimusha trilogy HD re release. They only re released the first one. Yeah, which I, I still... don't know why. I know. I, I, it's amazing. Makes no sense. Like I bought, I bought the first one on like on Xbox uh, and PS2 back in the day. Then I bought them again because um, I turned them in, bought them again. Then I got the HD one. Um, but yeah, I wonder if they just can't get the rights to use Jean Reno or something in two, in three, or maybe they can't get the guy that played Jubei Yagyu in two, but like, cause he yeah, was like maybe. a well-known actor and whatever, but either way, the Onimusha series as that's a hell of a shout for one mm -hmm. of the best things that Capcom ever put together um, and made on the bones of the Resident Evil engine with a really cool hack and slash thing. If you're uh, interested in like old school platformers, check mm -hmm. out Mickey Mouse Castle of Illusion as well. <laughs> that is a, that is a, un, that is a banger. That. that is a banger. Actually, you know what? Capcom had a Capcom? they had a real run when they did the whole. Um, they did Lion King, right? Uh, which was oh god, difficult. Lion King's not. They yeah. did Aladdin as well. Yes. I don't mind Aladdin. Did the worst they do? They must have done another one. Was that 
Capcom? I oh, thought that was like Sega you know or something. What, no, you know what they should be there? They should uh, check out for Capcom games. Mm. Sunset Riders. You played that before? Rings a bell. No, I don't think so. You you play as cowboys and you're in a kind of like techno wild west uh, okay. and you're like shooting robots and it's like a side scrolling shoot em up sort of thing with kind of like Contra. But right, then it'll right. have moments where it goes into first person and you move your little reticle around yeah. the screen and shoot that way. Uh, oh, I love that game, man. <laughs> so good. Capcom overall, they were, or they are being touted as the next acquisition by Sony, which I think will be a hell of a thing if Resident yeah. Evil becomes yeah. PlayStation exclusive. But I mean, yeah, they have a lot of, um, I was going to mention the Monster Hunter games as well. I feel like they've oh, been yeah, coming of course, to their own. Of course. Uh, recently, Monster Hunter World. I love what they're doing with the stories uh, spin-offs as well. Just like the two. Is that stuff. Monster Hunter Rise? That, those Rise ones? is the Switch one, which is really good. And then okay. um, Stories is their cel-shaded uh, turn-based one where you- Oh, I haven't played all, that. You'd probably really like it. It's like it's um, like Rob Paper Scissors style approach to combat. So it's always okay. like red, blue, and green moves, and one thing beats the other one, and whatever else. And um, that's just really, really cool. But yeah, Capcom have a nice little legacy. It's a, it's mm, a good time. Mm. Um, speaking of a good time, hopefully you've had one. It's been the Untitled Banner Podcast. I've been Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Thank you very much for having me. The UBP, the UBP, UBP, the UBP, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.